Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better dungeon master. I'm your host, Eric Munner, and I am a struggling game master trying to tell a better story. Joining me shortly is Jimmy St. James. He is the creator of D&D 420 and with uh, over 40 years of experience. Um, we're back at Reddit again. Thanks, guys. You, uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback, so we're really excited to keep doing these. Um, this one's really good. We talk about, uh, you know, things you can't do, uh, with certain classes and races. We dive a little bit into kind of, um, oh, just like kind of mean players, um, especially for, um, first timers. And I've got some more questions here for the one, the only Jimmy St. James. Yes. Are, are you good? Everything okay? You're good? You feel good? I feel good, man. I uh, I got my bong pack. Oh, no. Oh, no. This looks cashed. I I wouldn't know. I'm not there. So while you're working on that, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the first question, Sounds which good. is actually titled, I don't know how that works out, but it says, How to DM an Epic Battle. This comes from Reddit user Theotechles? Theotechles? Mm. Theoctocles? The 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 sure, why not? For the past seven sessions, I've been having my party perform quests for the, a lord who is looking to build up his strength and take back his home from his uncle who seized it from him. The lord has gathered his army and is ready to assault his uncle's forces. This will be the end of the story arc and I want the battle to be epic. And memorable to my players. Does anyone have any tips or resources that could help me? This is—I feel like this is a question we haven't really tackled yet. Like, how do you how do you DM a grand epic battle of like, of you know, of Lord of the Rings stature within a single session, or maybe not a single session, but you know what I mean, like within a session of D and D. Well, here, here's the thing: he wants it to be an epic battle, and I think he's not just talking about like. A battle. This is a war, right? This is armies, um, right? So I, it depends on the size of the armies. But if you want, but epic, I think is uh, giving us an idea of what Theoctocles, uh, Theo testicles, Theo, uh, whatever, whatever it is that he wants. I think epic is what he's going for. So yeah, like you said, Lord of the Rings size battles. Um, the thing is. It's boring to play. Well, I'm not gonna say it's boring, but we're not playing D and D to to like wage war with armies against other armies. That's a different system. There's plenty of systems out there for that. Back in AD and D, there was additional rules called um, shit. I don't even remember what they're called now. But you know, that's not what Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons or really Third Edition or. Uh, any of the editions was really about sure. it's more about this small group of heroes saving the day so your entire campaign so if you want to go on an epic scale your entire campaign could be a war that's happening um, a battle that's happening a great battle um, and each session can take place in different portions wherever they're needed and they can they can go make big changes and help the army in ways and then you can describe what's happening all around them so that's that's what i would do i would um you know describe the scene what it looks like from their vantage point wherever that may be when the battle breaks out 
and they can see areas of concern where perhaps the flank isn't as strong as what you'd like it or uh the bad guys have dropped where your attackers if you're sieging or if they're sieging you they're they're crossing your moat um and they need to be stopped there's a flow of them so you can make um kind of like almost puzzles or um you know a tactical decision of how to stop this flow either by going down there and brute force stopping the flow of people who are who have created this temporary bridge across the moat so the army is coming across unabated you can have them collapse that bridge you can create um you know how all sorts of different ways uh of things that they can do within that battle and then move on to the next um situation you set up situations within this great war right rather yeah, like than the thing i'm thinking is like if you have a you know this would be a perfect opportunity to to, to kind of like break off the group and then like you know do three sessions of like you know two and then two and then two and then when you get back for the fourth session it's like okay so all of you have defeated like the the entry level minions and now it's like the big bad boss battle right so it kind of feels epic because they've in, exactly. they've endured their only their own and now they're getting together and it's just like oh my god like you look like you got the shit beat out of you and this guy's already rolled two death stays saves and he's like all right well, here we go you know yeah so um that that's something like this battle could go on for even for days so you can give the players a chance to short rest or long rest here and there because the siege is going to continue and what have you um right and and so you're not fighting all the time right but that's going to be yeah. up to to the narration of the dungeon master to carry it f and make that flow feel good that they're actually within this epic scaled battle between large armies and so you'll you can even look to the right and to the left and instead of rolling stats for those for these regiments and for these these companies of of troops um you use narration to describe what you want to happen how you want the players to flow and it's just like telling a story in the wilderness so the things going on around you will direct and give you decisions to make and they'll direct you so if you see that a flank is failing perhaps you just have those troops help another flank and you give up that position or or you could even go over there and sh and shore it up or you know like i said create tactical decisions for them to make as as uh, heroes in this battle and then eventually you can see that somewhere in the battle the the uh your side is pushing toward the bad guy and then all of a sudden spells start going off and you realize you're needed there and but but you've got a line now because your side has pushed deep into enemy territory but they can't stand against the grand wizard or the uncle in this case or whoever that may be um, and the heroes are needed there so you have a safe zone to travel through among your own people and you can even have them fight their way through some ranks and create these big battles within a battle that they can work their way in because they're not going to kill every enemy on the battlefield but they need um a path they need a line of sight they right. need yeah. a way to get to him um whether that be to get within 400 feet for the spells to start raining down or whether that be um, to get your barbarian within jumping range, you know? So, 
Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm, you ring familiar. But yeah, don't fall into the folly of trying to put, you know, a hundred figures on the battle map. Yeah. A hundred tiny cuts is not going to, is not going to work. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, 50 of your men fighting against 50 of their men and women and, and like all hell is just broken loose and it's a dice. It's just raining dice the whole time. No, that's no fun. Um, and another thing I know I've spoken about in, um, past episodes but those paper enemies will really come in handy here because you do want to threaten your heroes as they go through this but they also need to look badass like they're running through right and the and some of these bad guys can have one hit point like a lot of them can you really only need lieutenants and bosses to be real and then maybe they have a few tougher troops around them as well but a lot of the people on the battlefield to to our heroes they can have the correct armor class. They can even have the correct attack rolls and everything else. But when you hit them, they die. And that is exactly what it's like when you're watching, uh, you said Lord of the Rings, I think, back to when um, the ranger and the dwarf were having com- competition. And they're just boom, boom, kill, 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 right? That's the feel you want when you get to that as you start to climax toward the big bad guy and that's going to give you the uh the action economy you need to soften up the players as they enter that yeah anything that you i feel like anything that you you crack in one round is perfect like that's a very satisfying satisfying feel where it's just like oh a thing pops up and you all take it down in a single round it's like all right let's move forward like fuck yeah so yeah man epic battles crazy stuff all right um, this one is titled, I don't know where these titles are coming from. We have titles all of a sudden. Um, please help a new player out. So I have just started playing with a couple of friends and while watching some D&D on YouTube, it may have been us, who's to know, it seemed like you can cast a spell and a cantrip on the same turn using a bonus action. Th- there's a very, very clear we don't need to answer if he's going to ask a whole bunch can i do this and this and this and this and this and this that's what we're doing here yes or no um well there's i can answer all answer all the questions with one rule oh and all right because right. let me see i want to see if i have this question in my queue i believe i do is this okay. help a new player out you said Helping specific, a new player. Yeah, um, specific so, spells, um, is it spells that can be cast. Yeah, is it only action? to specific, 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 <laughs> specific, the Atlantic spells. spells. It's the, the Atlantic spells. Yeah. Uh, does that mean you can cast a spell as my bonus and still attack with my sword or a similar? Okay, so in your turn, you have on your turn, you can do a bonus action and a standard action well we what we used to call an action it's just called an action now um so you can do both things and you can move while you're moving you can also interact with an object that's that's all within the the very basic spells in the player's handbook um you can also before the start of your next turn take a reaction so i'm going to tell you all of the things that's right yeah so yep. those are all things you can do sometimes you can do spells and attacks so can you cast a bonus action spell and make an attack with your weapon absolutely there's nowhere is there anything that says you can't okay so 
But the bonus action has a funny verbiage that I think throws people off. A spell cast with a bonus action is especially swift. You must use a bonus action on your turn to cast the spell, provided that you haven't already taken taken a bonus action this turn you can't cast another spell during the same turn except for a cantrip with a casting time of one action mm. so so people read that and they think well you can't cast two spells in a turn that are leveled like level one through nine that's not what it says it says if you use your bonus action to cast a spell on your action you may not cast anything except for a cantrip that has a casting time of one action that's all that it says so if I um, use my bonus action to say cast true strike now all I can do is take my um, take my regular action to cast a cantrip but now what if I have, you say, what if I have two actions because I've earned an additional action? Exactly. Then you can cast another cantrip if you've cast that bonus action spell. If you do not cast a bonus action spell, you could cast Magic Missile, Magic Missile. It doesn't say that you can't. There's no rules anywhere that say you can't unless you've used that bonus action for a spell. So furthermore, so you could, let's say you have earned two actions per turn and you want to cast Magic Missile and Fireball, go for it. And guess what else you could do? You could use your reaction if you have Counterspell memorized. You could absolutely Counterspell. There's nothing that says you can't. Now, you won't be able to use... Um, now that things change, like we said, things change for your standard action, what we're going to call standard action, your normal action only if you cast a spell with a bonus action it's the only time that happens so there's there's a lot there's lots of ways though to get more spells in one turn um action surge right that gives you that extra let's say you you jumped into uh two levels of fighter to get that action surge you can cast two actions that are not required to be cantrips again unless you use your bonus spell as a uh, your bonus action right. as a spell. Right. Warcaster feat breaks some rules, uh, and it lets you cast action spells as an attack of opportunity, which is a reaction. So that's another way that you can start to crank out more spells if you have that Warcaster feat, and that's if somebody leaves your threat range or if another way you are given an attack of opportunity, then you can use that attack cantrip as your reaction. So... Um, that really, he. I think this guy had had a couple of a uh, couple of questions. Let's see if we answer. I don't know. Do we answer? Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, for the most part, I mean it's. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yes, it doesn't yes. matter. Yeah, it's. The answer is yes. You sure can, unless yes. unless. Right. So there's only that one caveat. That is on page two hundred and two, of Jesus. the player's handbook. Really, we're gonna page. I've spike now. Why? Why not? That way they can have it to show their DM. Casting. It's under casting time. Bonus action. It's the only rule that you need for that. Jeez, I didn't know we were page 
sniping. I, this yeah. is not the first time I've dropped page numbers for my own. Yeah, audience. but I mean, I feel like you were pretty forceful about it this time. I mean, that's what's kind of throwing me off. Just uh, you, were, you were all about it this time. Okay, you hold really on. really wanted it. Take two. Really. Take oh, all. Really you know what I need to do? I need to hit this. <laughs> Here we go. All right, the next question comes from Just AOS Player, and I'm not 100% sure uh, what AOS stands for. That's fine. Uh, no title this time, so I apologize. This says, I made a homebrew with a huge map, and I've never seen a map bigger than mine. Whoa, buddy. Whoa. Stand back. I don't know how big this Whoa. thing gets. I had a group of players two weeks ago who wanted to go into an area that was cut for future creation. But the problem is that they're level three and experience is less than 10% of my original map. There's a world, a whole world that, that they can explore. The quote unquote leader of the group argued that with me that I should not have created a big map when I did not know what my player would like to do. He said that the unknown is always more interesting and that uh, I should listen and let them do as they want because D&D is not about the restriction. It's about enabling enabling my player to do what they want. Am I uh, right to feel upset and feel trolled by these players? Um, so we created a map without, you know, what's going on. And, and it now sounds the player's like you didn't quite finish it and it's huge. Um, yeah. I will say it sounds like you got carried away on the map making. Um, and, and the Dungeon Master's Guide, I don't know how many DMs take the time to, to read the DM's Guide, but it gives you suggestions while making your map and crafting your world. Um, and it's really cool. It's, you know, that's chapter one. It talks about right. assumptions of the world, and it says uh, much of the world is untamed. Um, and that's kind of what we're getting to, what, what I think that is missing from the map that we've created, because it's okay to not have a finished map and still play. Um, it sounds like you have other problems that have nothing to do with the map in this player, that they are an antagonist in real life. Um, I don't know. If a player starts acting like that with me, I will have a conversation because they are trolling you for sure. Right. Um, in real life, which is like even more bullshit, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like as a friend, let's just say, for instance, you, Eric, are DMing and you say, Jim, I'd love to have you play in my game because, you know, I've played in tons of your games. I want to give you an opportunity to play. I say, great. That's awesome. I'm not going to be a dick. Right. Especially if I want my friend right eric to continue dungeon mastering so like just okay players don't be a dick so we have to we talked about it last week we have to spend suspend all these levels of disbelief to to play dungeons and dragons just to roll the dice and say this is how it works you can't right. you can't let your dungeon master have this one boo shame on you but so well, yeah yeah he's trolling you a little bit well, that was uh, that's the first thing that came to my mind was like the first mistake was showing them the map like you should have never showed them the whole map if you're especially if you're still working on it like you can show maybe like a local section that they're currently in and maybe a little bit of the surrounding but you should have never shown the whole map if yeah. it wasn't finished now is a world map like is that something that everyone has is it exactly um, yeah. can't no. you put hardships along the way that make it difficult to get there 
you can you're the dungeon master they can try to go there um and then you yeah like the the way it's like the way it's worded it feels like it's very like i had this very specific thing that i want them to do and going over there is not it yeah so i have nothing for it then you, you raise a great point i show regional maps when we play and and there are also like we talked about from the dungeon master's guide much of the world even on the map that i show you is untamed oftentimes they will even call those areas stuff like the broken lands the bad lands the rugged regions the untamed right. regions the wild Uninhabitable. the wilderness yep. um the only thing you know about it is that there's woods there a jungle there mountains there other than that there's all these and you, you create mystery with those interestingly named uh, mountain regions or what have you and put a few little tales and that becomes the uh the unknown so and and even fifth edition recommends you have places on your map but then again we talk like i said is that map truly available to the characters or are you just showing it to the players um right. you can show i can show eric my world map and talk about how they're unfinished areas but in game, in game, I, we're just, I know nothing of that. You know nothing of what the map looks like, more than likely. And if maps are common, it'll probably be regional maps. And honestly, if you've ever seen maps from yesteryear, <laughs> they, yeah. they aren't great. Um, and it's cool to have multiple different types of maps. Maybe maps they can get at at a uh, at a bazaars in their city that lead them toward adventure. Maybe people sell treasure maps. Um, but like maps for travel, um, they don't have to be common. It doesn't have to be something that characters actually get to see. We can use that just as a reference point. So we know as players what's happening. So you might want to make that distinction as well. And when you do hand out the map, you know, have a second map that's less detailed and has those shadowy, untamed regions alluded to. Here there be monsters, you know, right. stuff like that. Like, well, what's over here? And and then you have multiple areas where, you know, this kingdom just doesn't, they don't know. It may be in the next kingdom or, you know, several hundred miles away. They have maps of that region and it's quite well known, but here it's not. So, um you, you did set yourself up a little bit. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I feel like it. they just were... And again, good on you for building a giant map. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I'm here to tell you the, pl the players don't care. You know, zoom in. <laughs> that map is for you. <laughs> yeah. If the player... Yeah, they, they look at the yeah. map to go, wow, that looks cool. All right, that's all. Put it away now. How far away am I from hitting somebody? But yeah, it's... Um, but yeah, it like like you were saying, it's it's for them. It's not for the players. It's for you. Like, you remember you remember so. back when you first started playing in my game and there was no map. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know what? It, that's the thing too, because you're like, that's. Uh, I think people forget, or maybe they're just uh, unassuming to the idea of like we didn't have miniatures. We were playing theory. We were playing theater of the mind. Is what I used to call it. Yes, um, it's still a very. A fun I think way that, yeah, I think that's what you called it. Like. Right, and like, and any time there was anything specific that we needed to know about, it would just be a piece of paper, and be like, okay, you guys are here, these three, or these two former group, and these two enemies former group, and then these, these five enemies former group, and these are the locations. That is it. 
you know. Yeah. And then and, even on those small battle maps, well, what's over there? You don't know. I, yeah. I know. I don't have to tell you because your character doesn't know. Right. And, you know, so there's lots of stuff on that world map that those characters don't know. It's all well, unknown. And there, the other thing that we talked about was like, you know, the, the fork in the road. Like what happens when you take the left fork in the road? Is it the same thing that you take in the right fork in the road? The oh, players don't yeah. know that. You know, but so you can do that. You could take like, well, what is this over here? Uh, well, I don't have anything for this area over here, but I do have something over here. I'm just going to take that. I'm going to copy it over here and we're going to continue the story. Just now it's over here and they're not lions. They're tigers. Oh, my. Uh, you bring, you, know up, what you I mean? bring up a good point. So your characters, your players are helping you write this story. Feel exactly. Like, yeah. You don't don't set it all in stone either. Don't fall into that trap. Well, well, because I put it here on the map, this is where the here is on the map where the, the chimera is. This, this is, is the, the only thing. This is right. Gorgon Forest. That's where the Gorgons are. You you know you don't have to just get stuck in that. Move it, move it around. Race it yeah, off. Just your change map. the beat. It's yeah, not that hard. And yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. Okay, one yes, you're being trolled quite a bit by your player to yeah, you kind of set yourself up for it um, yeah so but again good on you for building a giant fucking map absolutely that's awesome. that is cool i love doing that as well so it's a, it's a great way to waste time it is <laughs> um all right oh, man jim again dude i am so sorry this is the last one already we've already done right the last one or this yeah man this is it okay all right. Can you believe it? Three but I'll pass. tell you what, I, I feel like I, I made a point to leave this one for last because this is from 3rd and 3.5 edition. So, <gasps> I, I, so I get the, oh, I'm not re- I don't know if I'm ready for it. I hope you're ready. I, I don't play that hardly ever anymore. Yeah, but that's where that's where the bloodline is. It starts there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this comes from Jim5746. And his name is not, Jim. It's not me. But, it's not me. Oh, you know, yeah, G-E-M, and I feel like the last four digits of their social, so... It's probably a bad thing to do. Um, they ask, should a good aligned paladin wear the skulls of their enemies slash take trophies and then parentheses, demon slash undead and other evil things, close parentheses. As trophies. Should a yeah, good so aligned paladin carry like, you know, pieces of their enemies. So I'm, I'm, I remember Universal Soldier with Jean-Claude Van Damme and the protagonist was Duff Duff Runglund Lundgren. Dolph, How do you say Dolph, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren, and he would collect the ears of his enemies and wear them like a necklace. But if he was a paladin, a good aligned paladin, <clears throat> is that an okay thing to do? Uh, it depends. It depends on what god or what powers you you wear. You get your power. Um, what would your God do? It's kind of that thing you see on T-shirts. What would Jesus do? Well, what would Argagon do? What would whoever you worship or whoever you pay homage to, whatever powers you pay homage to, if it's the God of war and that God of war tends to be more brash, you may step into that. But at the same time, if are you lawful? Because it just says good. What are the laws of the land on this subject? There are laws, trust me, when I say, if you're just out in the wilds and doing, what would you do back home if you're lawful? Because that's how, that's the law you would carry with you. Um, you uphold those laws and you try to embody those laws. It's it's not impossible. It just depends on the circumstances. What region are you in? What god? What power? 
where these things come from. Are you offending your God by doing so? Then hell no, they wouldn't do it. Hell no. Right. That's a pretty easy one. Um, it's That's a yeah. very gray area. Very gray. But there's not most good aligned people. Most of them. Uh, and it just depends. You know, think about this in your world. Okay, so in our world, that would be considered... Um, that's not cool. You can't do that. You know, you're just not allowed to... But this is fantasy, right? So there are things that are evil. It is good and evil. Right. But even still, that's horrifying to the people who might look to your God. So it's, you know, it's crossing a line most of the time. And you wouldn't want to have that look. You wouldn't want children to see you that way. Perhaps on the battlefield, maybe you do some things like that. But most of the times you would not. Again, depending on the God. Because I think there is a God in my world who's neutral good, uh, who might use those type of tactics, but only in war. Let's say, I mean, it feels like it's kind of a rare thing. I, I, yeah. And maybe that's just my opinion when it comes to like gods in general. Like, <clears throat> I feel like the majority of gods, like they lean one way and only one way. Like there's very few that kind of waver in between. Do you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're, if you're talking about, you know, the God of healing and that's where you get most of your powers from, despite the fact that you're a paladin and you fight a lot, that doesn't open it up for you to be a sadistic bastard, you know, because that is kind of sadistic. That is a, an additional, um, when we're, whenever we associate from our stories on earth, not even from our culture today, but every time we want to demonize a figure. We talk about the gruesome things they did to the bodies and displayed. You know, Vlad the Impaler is the perfect example. This is a guy who absolutely lined a row with spikes and skulls on them, or even bodies strung up on these spikes um, for miles, thousands of people to, to say, here's your army, and you can follow the trail of the dead and find us with ease. Why? Because he was a sadistic, crazy, intimidating bastard. Now, in fantasy, we can we have a little bit of, we can stretch that out a little bit and bend reality. It just depends on the game. You know, your dungeon master is going to have the last say. So if you're a player asking this, ask your DM if it's suitable to the god, if it would offend the god, if it's horrifying to the people of the area. Um, if you're a DM, it's your call. Thanks for listening to this episode of the D&D 420 podcast. For everything D&D 420 related, check out dnd420.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us there on the website and on YouTube at D&D 420. Lastly, as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at D&D 420. We will see you next week.